The views expressed in this podcast are those of the speaker at the time of the recording are not necessarily those of Jupiter and may change in the future. Jupiter is unable to provide investment advice, so we recommend you discuss any investment decision with a financial advisor. Market and exchange rate movements can cause investment values to fall as well as rise, and you may get back less than originally invested. Any data or views given in this podcast should not be construed as investment advice. Hello and welcome to the latest Jupiter podcast. I'm Will Gold and as we look towards the end of an extraordinary year for investors, not to mention the world at large, today I'm talking to Richard Buxton about the health of the UK economy, the equities market and life for the UK after the Brexit transition period. Richard, hello. I won't be the first to say that for many of us, 2020 is likely to go down as one to forget. Without wishing to dampen what little festive cheer may be starting to emerge, isn't it the case that the effects of the pandemic are still going to be felt as we enter the new year? Well, hello, Will. Yes, indeed. Sadly, clearly restrictions here in the UK and across Europe and and other parts of the world are going to roll on uh, into the early months of 2021. Um, in reality, uh, mass vaccination, I mean, it's going to take us right the way through the spring and, and into the summer, uh, really, in order to get to a position where we can protect the population against the winter of 2021. And we haven't even got through this winter yet. So it is going to be you know, a two year recovery, 2021 and 2022. And uh, last uh, week's um, statement from the Chancellor here in the UK you know, the OBR was very much of that mind in its forecasting. Uh, you know, we only get back about half the growth next year that we've lost this year, and then the kind of rest accelerating through 2022. Um, so we only get back to kind of where we were pre-pandemic by the very end of 2022. Um, but it's not all bad news, because that does still mean there's going to be significant levels of support. You know, the Bank of England is going to be continuing to do QE, a lot of the government support, um, both that which the Chancellor uh, talked about last week, uh, but also, you know, further, if if necessary. You know, he has demonstrated if, if the pandemic requires it, he will do more. Obviously, you mentioned the, the Chancellor's spending review, which I think a lot of people had been expecting to be you know, distinctly downbeat. What were the key takeaways from, from that update from the Chancellor in terms of the impact on various sectors of the economy and Actually, did it highlight any particular opportunities? Well, I think even though some of it had been pre-announced, I mean, you know, 100 billion on infrastructure spending next year alone. I mean, this is an enormous sum of money. I mean, it's only a 5% of GDP. And, and, you know, I think it will underpin that growth trajectory that bounce back next year. Um, and it will also provide support to, you know, that forecast again by the independent OBR that unemployment will will peak um, in the second quarter of next year at sort of around seven and a half percent of the workforce, which is whilst grim, uh, you know, it's a lot less than some other forecasters that I've seen out there, you know, eight, nine percent, etc. So um, in terms of sectors, yes, I mean, that in itself is is not as gloomy as some of the forecasts made by the banks recently in their levels of provisioning. So that may actually be good news for, for them. Clearly, you know, building, construction, house building, Anything associated with the the green agenda, those involved in you know offshore wind, carbon capture and storage, etc. You know th- there are going to be investment opportunities uh, as a result of this. 
But ultimately, the key is just reducing that that level of of unemployment. You know, capping the rise in unemployment because you know that's what ultimately supports consumption uh, in in the economy. Is is it the case also that the Biden presidency will be supportive even for for British businesses uh, in that, that should benefit from that trend? Uh, I think so. I mean, caveat, you know, getting a, a good trade deal with the US as well as with the EU. But yes, I mean, the fact that Biden has come into the fold in terms of or brought the US into the fold in terms of tackling climate change, you know, that has to be good news. And, you know, there's a lot of expertise in, in the UK and across Europe uh, where we've been you know, rather ahead of, of the US. So I think this will benefit our companies. Now, obviously, as we're recording this, uh, we're still waiting to hear if a a trade deal is going to be struck between the UK and the EU. But on the heroic assumption that eventually one one will be reached, what sort of economic and market impact would you expect that to have, I suppose, both on an immediate and slightly longer term view? Well, yes, let's, as you say, hope that we do have a a deal, because clearly, again, as the OBR said, a a no deal would have a further negative impact on activity uh, next year. I mean, inevitably, there's going to be a few teething issues. I I fully expect we will see um, shots of of lorries queuing at ports and so on, but, but it will settle down. So... So I think, you know, for the market, firstly, it's how far does the pound accelerate, uh, rise? I mean, because it's, it's priced quite a lot in already. You know, it, it's been well bid in as the talks have progressed. And clearly that has a lot of relevance for the UK domestic names relative to multinationals. I don't think there's going to be a huge rise in the pound, partly because, you know, we have been edging up already, partly because, you know, we do still have our twin deficits um, uh, and a reliance, you know, on on the kindness of strangers. Um, And also, post-vaccine, we've seen a, a, a... big shift rotation within the market in recent weeks and a lot of those more domestic names tended to be the value stocks and and they've had a big move already so so i think you know there will be um positive uh, impacts but maybe not as as huge as one might have thought now talking of the kindness of strangers it's no secret that international investors pulled money from the uk stock market in their droves in the aftermath of the referendum in 2016 uh, we've seen quite a powerful rally recently on the back of the vaccine news. But do UK equities still look cheap relative to their developed peers? And do you think that'll be enough to to tempt back some of those uh, international investors who left? Well, we are still cheap. Um, we we have lagged massively um, other markets. Um, but part of the problem is, you know, A, a lot of global investors may well want to just wait and see how it pans out, the UK um, operating outside the EU. Um, and secondly, you know, we do have a lot of kind of value orientated, you know, old economy type sectors, you know, resources, oil, mining, a lot of financials and pharmaceuticals. And you know, that's part of the reason that global investors have, have shied away. Um, you know, these sectors do face some, some structural headwinds, whether we're in the EU or, or not, whether we get past the pandemic or or not. But at least we will be kind of investable again. We're not um, a kind of a, a pariah in terms of just, you know, so much um, EU uncertainty. So So that's got to be good news. I suspect the people who will move much more quickly than than international investors are other international companies and probably private equity firms as well. 
in terms of uh, coming to pick up cheap assets in the UK. Uh, we've seen a little bit of that already in, in recent weeks. You know, M&A activity is picking up, and I think we could see an awful lot more of that through the course of next year. So potential scope for an M&A bonanza in, in 2021. Now, you touched briefly on the, on the, the topic of the, the growth value debate. Uh, it's, an, it's an old favourite. Uh, obviously, it's been an extremely challenging decade or, or more for value investors. For long-term students of economic and market uh, history, uh, have we been here before? And, and do you think that the situation ultimately can, can revert? Can these very cheap stocks uh, become less cheap? Well, as I say, I mean, some of these sectors do face structural headwinds and, and they're not going away. I mean, digitisation, online, low interest rates, working from home, the green agenda, ESG headwinds, etc. Um, but, but valuation elastic has got very, very stretched. And I think positioning of investors as well, it became so consensual that the only way is kind of growth stocks and and the price rise of some of these very large companies in NASDAQ in the summer, you know, they were just getting exponential. So I am still a believer that, you know, ultimately the price you pay for an asset, you know, does impact the future return you get from that asset. So the vaccine news is cathartic because it does mean that we can see a life beyond COVID. We can believe in all the reflation actually leading to a, a new economic cycle, a, a recovery. Um, and therefore, you know, investors, if, if you can see more cyclical stocks providing uh, profits growth, then you don't need to have to pay such an enormous premium for, for growth stocks. So I think, you know, it will be a much more even um, uh, passage between growth and value over the coming years. And and dare I say it, I mean, the scale of investment that is going to be uh, taking place over not just the next few years, but, you know, decades on the energy transition. Um, I mean, this is absolutely enormous. And, you know, it sounds crazy now, but I mean, it could be that we look back in 10 years time and this this fuels much faster growth than than even previous decades that we've we've lived through. I just couldn't help but recall that, you know, the last pandemic um, the Spanish flu just after the First World War, you know, ultimately did lead to the roaring 20s. I mean, it was followed by, you know, a decade of, of extraordinarily strong growth, a lot of investment in new technologies. Um, so, you know, who knows? It may just be that, that actually, you know, in the depths of the gloom that we've had this year, you know, is born something that is, is, is much, um, much rosier going forward. Well, there's a poetic and uplifting thought as we enter the second year of the 2020s. Richard Buxton, thank you very much. Well, thank you, Will. <laughs>